Yo, it's Julian on the brand note and a very belated review of the Super Mario Brothers movie, something I had absolutely no interest in seeing. Um, it's It came out to very poor reviews and then did like $1.4 billion at the box office breaking innumerable records. And in my head, I kind of put it alongside Avatar 2, the worst film I've seen in the last two years, as a film that is bucking the trend for uh, the public are becoming much more discerning in not going to see very lackluster films. We've seen the failures of The Flash and Ant-Man 2 and Shazam 2 and all these $200 billion movies not breaking even because they're not very good films. And the buck of the trend with Avatar 2 seemed to be you can bypass that if you make a movie for a 12-year-old boy. And I thought that was going to be the case with Super Mario Brothers 2, directed by Michael Jelanek and Aaron Hovarth, who are from like the Teen Titans um, animated world. Um, and that this was just fan service for the fans of um, Super Mario and the, the world that a large chunk of the planet has actually grown up in familiarity with. And obviously the first Super Mario film with Bob Hoskins in it has become a cult classic of bad films. And the whole intellectual property around video games back then in movies was not something that was worth as much money as it is now, um, given the incredible success of this film. Um, the films that came out in the 90s were not massive um, successes i mean we had the street fighter movie another cult classic of awfulness with kylie minogue and jean claude van damme in it we had a mortal Kombat movie and that's just been re-released but something happened with the super mario film which has seen it take off into the stratosphere financially um and it would seem to be that it is made for 12 year old boys i gotta say that um I enjoyed this film so much more than I thought I was going to. I I think one of the things that comes forward a lot about these films is like audience score is the most ridiculous dynamic for reviewing films because it's only ever the public deciding they want to love or hate a film before it's even been released. I never pay any attention to that, but one of the things that they always focus on is whether something is very much like its source material and when it's not um they end up trashing it i personally don't care i don't care if your comic book movie is like the film is uh, like the comic i just don't care i care i guess when they completely in reinvent the paradigm like with that velma tv series where they basically said one thing that i do agree with is when they take intellectual property and they take the fan base for granted, like with, say, the Scooby-Doo Velma series. And then they just rub the public's nose in it. Well, we're going to change this. We're going to race and gender swap everyone. We're going to, you know, make sure that enough characters are gay. Or we're going to do this. Or we're going to put, you know, we're going to put a completely different ethos on the entire show. And you are going to like it or you're a bigger. It really does get on my nerves. And it seems the one thing they did right with the Super Mario movie is not stuff anything up. It's got a pretty big voice cast. A lot of people were annoyed. Well, this, I would say this. This is one of the least written films I've ever seen. It is probably 80 minutes long and, and benefits from that massively. It is basically, 
It is levels from the game. And that should be terrible and as terrible as I expected. There's no writing or story at all. It's really just levels from the game put into a film. How it has ended up being so enjoyable and good, I don't know. So we get Chris Pratt controversially as Mario, and they broach the whole, it's a me, about how they, they aren't Italians, and someone actually tried to get that ball thing rolling um, at the start. Um, I, was, I actually saw someone complaining about the casting of Barbie not being believable. The casting of Barbie not being believable. And so there's this thing now is, you know, oh, they should be Italians or they should be Italian-Americans or whatever. Uh, that didn't get very far. So Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt's like Tom Cruise in a way in that people revel in hating him, yet he is continually in these incredibly successful films. So he's got Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and Mario this year as the lead actor. Um, so and, and Tom Cruise is, you know, just probably going to do record business with Mission Impossible and had probably the biggest film last year with Top Gun. I'm ignoring Avatar 2 because it doesn't count. So we get him as Mario. We get Charlie Day, uh, is I think uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, as his timid brother. And they are running a plumbing business independently in New York in the Brooklyn neighborhood, which doesn't uh, isn't very successful and they live in the you know the the stereotypical big italian family where everyone sits around having their dinner although more specifically the big italian american family and they're mocked for the failure of their business and not nothing doing well and during a flood event in new york they actually um go out and try and save brooklyn from a birth water main and get sucked into the world of the Mario Brothers movies, where we get um, Anna Taylor-Joy, one of the MVPs of world acting alongside the likes of Mia Goth at the moment for me, as Princess Peach, who's the leader of the, and, and it's inferred is also a, in brackets, human like the Mario Brothers are, as in she wasn't from that world originally. She's the leader of the mushroom world, and we get Jack Black famously as his uh, Bowser, the king of the Coopers, the evil side of the equation, who wants to marry Anna Taylor-Joy's Princess Peach and is using the fact that he's going to destroy the Mushroom Kingdom and everyone in it to get his way and just to be mean and evil. And that's the entirety of the film. Along the way, we get people like uh, Fred Armisen, uh, Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong, um that's about the main people i think that come in there um the voice casting here i mean one of like without any writing at all in this film one thing it does so much better than avatar 2 is personality and voice cast everyone is up for it like avatar 2 has the flattest voice acting i have ever heard and the other thing is i know who everyone is in this like in avatar 2 Every Blue Meanie was exactly the same, and I just gave up trying to remember who who was even talking at any one point. There's no doubt here who everyone is all the time. They define the characters very, very well, very, very quickly. And the fact that there's zero writing isn't a, as hampering on this film as if there had been a lot of bad writing. If they'd have actually dub, like put an extra half an hour of story in here and a lot more sort of trying to attempt to do things 
I think they would have really failed hard. It Avatar 2 is a constant reference point to me here. They're both films that have done well over a billion dollars in an era where films like Fast X come out and flail miserably in matching what their predecessors did. But the the visuals in Avatar 2 to me were not impressive. It looked like a 4K screensaver of a beach and seashells. Um, and the characters were so um, antiseptic and one note on their facial emotions and voice acting that I couldn't even tell them apart. But here it is a beautiful use of CGI. It is dazzling to look at. It is absolutely beautiful. It is incredibly colourful. And the rendering of all of the characters from the games is very well done. Um, they don't miss a beat with any of it. And it, it makes you like the people involved. They're not flat and one-dimensional like Avatar 2 at all. They're really, really engaging and fun. Um, and they, Anna Taylor-Joy, I thought, really stood out as Princess Peach. Um, <laughs> really winning character. I think um, there was this notion that she would be presented as this feminist take on Princess Peach. And people like Piers Morgan were losing it over her being made into a hero, not understanding that Princess Peach is a playable hero in versions of Mario going back to the early 90s. Um, but she's not really, and they don't push any agenda down your throat here, and I think that's another reason it's engendered such a widespread love. Um, I honestly expected it to be much more, much worse and more grating than it is. I felt like in the opening minutes, I was like, oh no, this is going to be such a slog. But the grating and the drag, which is there, is actually so small that I actually put up with it without any complaint. Um, it's got lots of um, really beautiful sequences, like the whole Rainbow Road thing from Mario Kart's, and um, everything's so nice and low stakes, but in a good way, in a Sunday afternoon movie way. Like, this is the definition of underbanding entertainment. And it just looks so good. And um, everyone's up for it, you know? There's there's so much more energy in Chris Pratt in this than there was probably in the Jurassic movies. Um, and um, uh, what's his face? He plays Bowser, Jeff. Uh, Jack Black is absolutely fantastic. Keegan-Michael Key, who is um, a partner with Jordan Peele, before Jordan Peele went off to make films like Get Out. He's terrific as Toad. Um, he's a magnificent character as well. And Seth Rogen's really good as Donkey Kong as well. It's one of those films where, you know, nothing bad can ever really happen to anyone. But it, they do push, the, push it a little bit. My favourite character was the star. Who plays star? Who's like a manic depressive? And they're held in this prison, which is over lava. And just keeps going on about how great it will be to die. It's really quite dark. Who is a star? I want to find out the star. Oh, here we go. Uh, Juliette Jelanek, daughter of co-director Michael Jelanek, voices Lumily, a nihilistic blue loomer. They go through some pretty dark stuff in there, which I thought was out of pace with the film, but actually elevated it. So, yeah, for, you know, 85 minutes of screen time, you're bombarded with this really quite beautiful CGI rendering 
a very uh, winning and enthusiastic voice cast, nothing that gets in the way of enjoying it, no story at all, but a, an enormous amount of fun, um, absolute fun from start to finish. So I'm going to give it a Super Mario movie. It's very shockingly for me. I thought it was going to be like a 1 out of 10. I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10. Lots and lots of fun.